Coach, what's been the biggest preparation headed into conference play? Um, well, that's a good question. I think I think we we had a good week going into to conference, and anytime you have a a week off between games when you're used to playing games, uh, we've had quite a few weeks where we played three games in a week, and you and you go just to that. Uh, we don't we don't play at all during a seven day stretch. I think the biggest preparation is that physically you got you got to get your body to where you're feeling good, you're in game shape, and then mentally uh, all the, the competitive pieces of this to uh, when you're adjusting from a non-league schedule to a league schedule, the familiarity that the other teams have with you, how you're scouted, all changes. There's just a lot more urgency. So I think that for me that that's what uh, we've tried to relate to the, te- to the players the most is to be physically ready, uh, to play this game, but also be mentally ready for the resistance that we're going to get as a result of uh, league starting. Who's going to see a spike in playing time as a result of Kyle Davis's surgery? Um, you know that 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 that'll be interesting uh, to see. We we've, we've kind of played the last two weeks or so with him. You know. Um, not being a real big part of it, so it's probably be similar to what we've seen. I, I think that you know Braden and Jamal have seen uh, more minutes as a result of that. Um, there have been a few times where we played s- smaller lineup and uh, spaced the floor a little bit and got our guards to penetrate and had some room in there. When we play those two big guys and keep them short corner, high post, uh, it, it, there's still a lot of. Um, Space that's kind of getting eaten up with those guys. So we spread the floor a little bit that way. But then, you, then we add Corbin, and so uh, we wonder. All of us are kind of wondering how that's going to, you know, play into uh, uh, the, the plans of this team. The, the first three days with him in practice have been surprisingly easy, as far as fitting him in, and um, he's he's. Uh, I think for for such a big guy, uh, he's he moves really well laterally and uh, and up and down. So we'll see we'll see how that fits in. But those we are probably all the options. Peyton Dastrup maybe get as much time as maybe some people expected. Is it he's just struggling getting back from his mission? You know, we're we're having a hard time finding <clears throat> where the best place for Peyton, and and I think that. When we recruited him, actually 100% recruited him as a perimeter big guy that could really shoot. High post shots, three-point shots in the corner especially is really good. He's a good face-up scoring big guy. Um, he's, he's a different guy. you know. He's, a, he's just a lot bigger. And we've, we've had him kind of in that five spot, and he's kind of been buried behind a few guys. And uh, I think what, what – we would really like, you know, to see uh, is Peyton be able to get more mobile and get, you know, more active on the perimeter and, and be able to play him in a four spot. It's the same thing we we're just talking about, where we could spread the floor a little bit more. And and right now he's just not ready for that. And hopefully he can progress to it. Can you speak more about just the loss of Katie and just just what it occurs for you? Well, it's 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 sad. I'm, I'm I'm really disappointed for him and 
for Kelly, I mean, they've they put a lot into this, you know, senior year for them, and uh, it's really it, it's sad for our team. I mean, it's sad for our guys. We, they, they went through a lot together as in the summer, and and Katie was was the leader of the group, uh, kind of naturally as the only senior. Then then LJ showed up in the fall, but um, it's happened a few times in my career where guys have had surgery that's kind of ended their their playing career and uh it's just it's just it's sad and it's it's kind of it's really unexplainable you know I, you just it's just part of what we do and and you can't explain it and you can't really justify it and it doesn't uh you know as far as trying to figure an explanation for it you kind of just have to accept it and move on and the one thing about KD that uh, I know is that he's really supportive of this group of guys and wants to continue to be a part of these guys and our team uh, in any way that he can. But the other thing is, is that uh, you know his his degree that he gets from the Marriott School of Business is going to set him up for um, you know a really successful uh, future and. Uh, you just kind of got to be happy for the things that are good, and that's one thing that's really good. You said last week that you, you probably weren't going to mess with Corbin's size right now. Is that still the plan? <laughs> well, the, the numbers are still the same. I mean, he he left at 238, and now he's 283. So <laughs> we'll just deal with that, see how he does. Cool. Well, you were – you uh, – Colby Leafson was kind of a late find for you. Will you kind of take us through how you got him and how you decided to, to get him that way? Uh, you know, we talked to Colby um, earlier about opportunity of maybe uh, uh, walking on here at BYU after his mission, okay? Um, and then we had some things that were, you know, changed for us. We so watched him play in the spring, and our guys had him high, uh, as available guys who could shoot, you know, guards who could shoot the ball, really good shooters. And uh, and then after that spring recruiting period, we had things change here. So the summer period, I went out and watched him play two or three times. And uh, that's what we felt was the, um, the biggest need for this group was a real, uh, you know, knockdown perimeter three-point shooter. And... Uh, and so then we started talking to, to, to Colby about, um, you know, the possibility of maybe – because his, his mission call was late October, and that's a hard time of year no matter where you're going to play just because you're going to get home in August, September, October, sometime in that area, and that's going to be hard to immediately step in. And so, uh, you know, we, we kind of just talked a little bit about maybe the possibility – of him thinking about maybe coming in fall, and then he kind of ran with that. Talked to his bishop, his stake president, his parents, all the support people involved, and uh, then they came came back to to me and said, "Hey, listen, coach, if if this is something that you think would be good for uh, your team, we all believe that it's good for Colby, and we'll make it work." So that's how it kind of happened. And, and I, I, you know, the the one thing about about recruiting here at BYU is that everybody always asks me, well, what are, you, what are you looking for for the next period, for the next signing time? And 
and it's always been the same for 20 years since I've been here is that we're always involved with point guards, shooting guards, fours and fives, and every period because you just don't know um, when you're actually going to need to go out and add someone to your team. And we're fortunate. We're fortunate that he was still available. We're fortunate that it it came uh, happened the way it did. And and uh, look forward to getting him out there on his mission and getting him back. And and the timing will be much better. He'll leave probably in. April 1st of May and, and get back at the same time. So, Can you talk about Santa Clara and how you plan to contain Jared Brownridge? Well, I think it's a team effort. Uh, you know, we all have to be aware of where he is. You know, uh, Cratch has had a really good start to his senior year, too. Those two seniors are really experienced. They know the ropes. They've played in here. Uh, we've had good success against them, and now we've got a whole different um, – System that we're preparing for, and they're 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 really kind of an interesting team because they'll race the ball up, and if they got a good shot in transition, they'll take it. But if not, then they're going to really kind of work that clock. So you have to prepare for, you know, your transition defense has to be good. You've got to find him in transition. He's a got a quick release. He's got deep range. He's really versatile. Um, and the same guy will not guard him in transition every time. It'll be a different person, whoever is, you know, in that that set to start uh, to get that stopped. And so, we've all got to be really aware of him. Uh, and uh, and then, as they start their offensive set in a half court, they really work the clock, and they're really good at being patient. And getting what they want, they take good shots. They they, they don't uh, they don't force things. And the last you know three or four games, I think they've really found themselves. In the last game against Valpo, when they added Fagan, he's a guy who KJ is a guy who can really uh, add to what they do really well. He comes off down screens and can really shoot it. He's good off of ball screens, taking it to the rim. He averaged you know twelve points a game last year in the league as a freshman. So. The addition of him is changes their team a lot. Anything else? Is, is this still mostly a similar Santa Clara team from what you've seen in the past, or is, is much 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 more physical team? They play uh, defensively; they're uh, a lot more aggressive. I think that uh, they do a really good job of staying out of foul trouble, even though they're really physical. So we'll see how that how that plays out.